What a beautiful day it is. I hope you are doing well. Welcome to the next episode of the Healthzilla podcast. Apologies, we've had a few weeks break uh, due to some some technical issues and so forth. But we are back with another awesome episode with such an awesome guest, Dr. Mina Erman, who is truly uh, special um, with her, all of her research knowledge and knowledge and expertise from the medical field um, as well. I do hope you are staying sane and staying well. Please do enjoy this episode with the one and only Dr. Mina Erman. Three, two, one. Welcome. This is Hellzilla Podcast episode number 29 coming out July from Singapore. It is a great day today. But the sun is always shining inside our minds. That's how it should be. Always control the controllable and not fo- and do not focus on things which you cannot control to take your mood down and take your productivity down. Hope you are all doing well um, over this pandemic situation. There are more and more lockdowns coming up um, across the world. So do stay safe and do stay sane as well. And do keep building your healthy habits every single day, because that will obviously help you out um, to live longer, build a better immune system, and just feel happier as well. This is the perfect time uh, um, to continue building up your healthy habits as well. And if you if you already haven't done it, please head 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 down to the Apple App Store or Google Play to download the Healthzilla app today and start building up your healthy habits immediately. We have awesome content and awesome tips how to build up your healthy habits based on your own goals as well. Now, this week's episode is focusing on one of the the most um, important aspects of the healthy habits, which is way too often uh, overlooked. And then we are going to be talking about sleep and especially sleeping for health. Uh, And we have a special guest uh, today, on the episode, uh, Dr. Mina Erman, who is a, a PhD, a senior research fellow, cardiovascular and metabolic disorder program in the Duke and US University. Um, decades, she has decades worth of experience in world-class research and medicine as well. She, she is a longevity um, scout, nature enthusiast, and the medical advisor for the Healthzilla team as well. How are you, Mina? Welcome. Thank you, Nico. Nice to be here. How I'm doing your... very well. I have slept very well <laughs> last night. <laughs> Fabulous. How is your day so far? Very good. Very good. Yeah. Oh, even though it's not that sunny in Singapore now, it's it's still a. It's I actually prefer the cloudier day. It's a bit cooler, so that's that's kind of nice yeah. indeed. Indeed. Now you were in our podcast um, about twenty episodes ago, uh, but for those who didn't listen to that, could you uh, sort of give your short uh, background and introduction? Ah, sure. So, so yeah, I'm a physician scientist originally from Finland, but I, I've done uh, lived in and done research in um, three different continents, countries: Finland, uh, USA, and now Singapore. And I have studied uh, cardiovascular and metabolic diseases for the past twenty years, like you said. And um, I'm very interested in longevity, personally, and healthy habits. And that's why I think um, Healthzilla is a great company because it has the same interest that I have. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, obviously, as you are a, a specific expert in, in, the, in the field of you know, um, health, medical science, longevity, uh, communicable diseases, and, and so forth. Now, 
how high would you place sleep as a healthy habit on the on the list of all the health, all the other healthy habits as well? Oh, it's really important. It, it is really important. Um, um, if if you do everything else, but then you totally ignore your sleep, um, you cannot achieve the maximum health. That's for sure. Exactly, and and this is um that's a very very good point because um. I guess the, the great challenge of the modern society um, is that we have so many different stimulants ongoing all the time. We have our computers, our Netflix, our social media, um, which, which everyone's scrolling all the time, which obviously just stimulates the brain um, and which takes away the, the important um, uh, factors which help us to sleep better. Um, as well, and then there's the fact that that a lot of times and oftentimes uh, it is hailed as a good thing that you know I, I will sleep in the grave or whatever, and let me grind twenty four seven to achieve my entrepreneurial goals or whatever that might be. But you you see these types of mentalities popping out uh, more and more and behaviors as well. From a physician's pr- perspective, I would I would sort of assume that that's like a very alarming thing, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, poor sleep and sleep deprivation, uh, it's associated with all core, increased all-cause mortality, um, morbidity, um, you know, less productivity at workplace and all these, all these kind of things, accidents. So uh, it costs societies, you know, billions of dollars, actually, um, if, you, if you calculate everything together that the sleep deprivation or, or uh, short sleep is, is causing at the society level. Absolutely, and it, it and I guess the the from a behavioral science perspective, I guess the problem there be, uh, is simply because um, um, a lot of people are so busy in their lives that that they might think in the evening that yeah I've earned my Netflix session or Netflix binge and I'll watch Netflix and drink alcohol or bo- bottle of wine until two a.m. and sleep for six hours, five six hours or something like that. And then, then that sort of skews the whole, whole behavior um, um, towards the wrong direction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It, 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 <laughs> I should probably say that it all started with the invention of electrical lights because that actually allowed the society <laughs> to ignore the the actual nighttime and and um, the circadian rhythm mm. that was designed to our species uh, originally. And uh, and this ability to you know to have the light and do whatever you want in the in the middle of the night and when you are supposed to be sleeping it it has uh, it has a just a long time ago have gone overboard so um, and with with the social media everything now the younger and younger generations are affected by this so that's uh, really alarming too um, all these um, you know things the teenagers I mean I have two teenagers myself <laughs> and I see this all the time. This fear of missing out of this and that with the social media, it just oh, yes. keeps them on their phones. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very worrisome. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. So, um, just as a, as a, as a reference point, how, or how does your, your own and your family sleeping patterns look like and what does sleep mean to you? So I have been a so-called good sleeper, uh, uh pretty much <laughs> my whole life so far um and uh i try to aim for you know at least at seven hours uh sometimes uh 
you know, in the past, I have to say that it, it has been less, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, now um, definitely uh, I also emphasize that more. And um, the sleep, um, the pattern will obviously change when you age. So uh, there's this uh, circadian rhythm that actually is it's a little bit delayed when you're younger, teenager, you know, early 20s. It is a physiological change that you're actually not so tired uh, in the evening. So, uh, so the pressure is not there to go to bed very early. Mm -hmm. But that will gradually return to, back to the uh, childhood times. Uh, and because when, you, uh, when you're getting older, you actually start to be uh, sleepier earlier in the evening again. Uh, so there's a little bit shifting happening. Also, um, the sleep quality. Um, I, obviously, everybody knows that young people, you know, they can sleep. Babies can sleep in the middle of the, you know, traffic noise everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but the older you get, um, your sleep quality uh, then uh, deteriorates, and uh, you uh, don't have as much uh, so-called uh, slow wave sleep or the deep sleep anymore. And this is actually very important for learning. And uh, young people have uh, much more of that. And this, uh, this deep sleep is actually very important also for the, um, for the um, holistic well-being of the brain itself. Okay. <laughs> During this deep sleep, uh, <clears throat> the, the lymphatic system of the brain is called glymphatic system, actually. It like, it's like a washing, uh, the washing machine of the brain, if you want, um, that it, um, uh, it takes out all the, uh, all the protein waste that the brain has generated during the day. And uh, this uh, washing with the uh, glymphatic system, uh, which actually drains to the lymphatic system in, in, the, uh, in the body, um, and then eventually to the venous system and, and, and then to the liver for the, all the proteins and, and toxins to be excreted. Mm. So this only happens during the slow uh, or the sleep and especially during the deep sleep. And the proportion of this deep sleep uh, decreases during the lifetime. So uh, in the young people, there's like 20% of the sleep time is, is with this slow wave sleep. And, um, and then when you reach, when you start hitting 50, 40, 50, 60, uh, it, it's down to just a couple of percent of the whole sleep time. And obviously, later than that, uh, the age, you know, the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, it's, it's almost non-existent. So this is actually one factor that, um, that is related to all these neurodegenerational diseases like Alzheimer's that uh, accumulate these this, uh, protein aggregates in the brain. But if you don't sleep well, you actually start increasing your risk for Alzheimer's, uh, like immediately. Because even one night of um, uh, uh, of sleep deprivation will increase those. Uh, it's called amyloid beta. Um, these protein aggregates that is related to uh, Alzheimer's disease that accumulate in the brain. That um, the level of that um, protein aggregate increases if you have not been sleeping even for one night. So you can, you can measure this from your cerebrospinal fluid. And um, yeah, so, so the, in my family, you, I constantly talk about the importance of sleep to my kids. And, and, and I, I guess my husband has, has, has really um, 
he's trying his best and then he, he goes to bed really early and I, I go after him a little bit uh, and, and because he's a much poorer sleeper than I am okay. <laughs> so he needs to be in the bed much longer <laughs> but but yeah so the so I usually I'm sleeping from let's say 10 30 11 latest uh, and then waking up uh, 6 6:30 something like that Okay, sounds sounds like like it, it is in a, in a big meaning in your family, which is obviously quite obvious, um, I would say. Um, and just so a quick question: Do you by any chance measure your sleep? Um, it, do you have any wearable devices or such? No, no, I feel it in my body. No, of course, <laughs> the body usually. I mean, if you are capable of listening to your own body and mindful, then then obviously that's the best metric there is. It's funnily enough, I was just, as you were explaining about the, the levels of deep sleep and REM sleep and what they actually do, um, I just checked my, my Aura app of my last night's sleep and I, I, I'd gotten 25% of deep sleep, uh, my whole, whole sleep cycle. Oh, good for you. Uh, and about 15% REM sleep. So for me, it, it usually is, this, is the cycle that, that I get a bit less REM sleep than deep sleep. Um, I've been trying to improve on the REM sleep, but haven't found the trick yet how to uh, how to actually do that. But um, yeah, that uh, also will uh, will change with age uh, mm. because the um, the sleep um, it it becomes lighter and and easily you get easy you're more easily disturbed of uh, you're waking up uh, multiple times uh, or even if you don't actually realize it that uh, you're waking up or you're awake in the middle of the night that um, the frequency increases with age mm. and um, and uh, uh, this fragmentation of sleep is is actually uh, also a very very bad thing for the for the this glymphatic function of the brain this this washing machine or yeah sure yeah yeah so can we can you sort of uh, take us through the different stages of sleep so for for me i mean I, I know that there are like what three light rem sleep and then deep sleep right but i guess it's much more so the so you, there's actually four stages it, it now it's categorized as four mm. so you have a uh, you have this non so rem is like rapid eye movement it comes from that and that's usually when you are dreaming but uh, most of the most of the dreams are during this uh, REM sleep stage. But when you first fall asleep, uh, it's actually the non-REM sleep, uh, the uh, stage one. Then there is um, a stage two, and then the non-REM stage three is the so-called uh, uh, deep sleep or slow mm. wave sleep. <clears throat> and then after that comes the the first REM, uh, so the rapid eye movement. Um, and these these four stages they um, they make like one cycle uh, of sleep cycle, and this uh, usually lasts about ninety minutes. And if you're sleeping about eight hours, then um, you, you get these cycles like about five times during those eight hours or something like that in general. So th those are the um, those are the uh, different stages of sleep. Sure, sure. And as you, as per what you were mentioning previously, the deep sleep um, 
uh, activates the glymphatic system, which is the brain's um, sort of sewage system, if you may, and which cleans mm -hmm. up the, the, yeah. the proteins and so forth. So what is, what are the, is there any specific uh, functions for, I'm sure there is, but what, what are the specific functions for REM sleep and the non-REM sleep state, the other non-REM sleep stages? Um, so during the sleep, um, we process the, you know, what has happened during the day and, and all this, um, memorization, everything. I mean, this deep sleep stage is very important for, um, the learning and, and memory processing, uh, you know, problem solving insights, all these things <laughs> in the cognitive function. And, and, uh, also again, the same problem. Uh, if your sleep is very fragmented and and what also occurs during aging is that um, these stages are obviously affected um, and um, you don't have the same capacity for all these cognitive functions um, that you had when you were younger and you were sleeping uh, much more soundly so uh, you know the uh, if the sleep becomes if you sleep um, too little Mm. Uh, or sleep deprived, then that can also change the proportions of these um, of these um, different stages. You tr if you have so-called catch-up sleep, you you try to prolong your deep sleep on the next night, but uh, be, with aging, that doesn't always um, work so well anymore. So um, it's just uh, you you better get um, good sleeping habits when you get older. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, exactly. it's more difficult to, you know, catch up and everything. Yeah. Sure. Now, now, in terms of uh, REM sleep specifically, where we do dream um, most, I guess, um, mm -hmm. has what's the current science say, saying about dreaming in itself, in the specific function of that? Uh, does that have anything to do with memories or, or something like that? But as, as per what you said, it's mostly during the deep sleep when the memories are consolidated and all that. Yeah, so so it's there's been different uh, kinds of um, hypotheses. Why why do we dream? Like why do we go through these um, things uh, from the day? And and actually there was a study with um, with people um, uh, that ha that have amnesia, so they cannot mm. remember anything. <clears throat> but if they um, woken up in the uh, in the middle of their uh, REM sleep. They can actually they they can tell what they were dreaming of, and these were the things that they were doing uh, last thing when they uh, before they fell asleep or during that day they would. So even the uh, amnesiac patients can actually uh, process what they were doing. They can remember in their sleep what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. And um, uh, there's been these different hypotheses that you know in the early times, uh, in the beginning of times, then people had to practice things like how to fight against the predators and things like this. So, um, but uh, when, uh, when these things uh, uh, usually, uh, you know, you, you, you do this only in your head and, and not with your muscles because then the muscle tone is all uh, deactivated during your sleep. So otherwise it, it could lead to, you know, I mean, some people do sleepwalk, but, uh, yeah. but most people do not. So, um, so you're just supposed to like go through these things um, in your sleep and um, um, and quickly learn to retrieve this and that for the next time, um, like for the uh, like the adapting 
like a like a you know in the times when the predators were there you you have to quickly learn and memorize the best ways to you know fight with them or cope with them or <laughs> or what kind of escape yeah. route you should take all these like spatial uh, memorization so um this is this is this was thought that uh, that that's the actual meaning of the of the dreams but um, they, there can be much more depending on what level you want to talk about the dreams and <laughs> No, it, it, it's it's fine. I guess I guess you know talking about dr- the function of dreaming in itself is a it can be can be a, a subject for uh, for for a whole podcast. Sure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so we get let's uh, let's try to um, focus a bit more on a gener- like general overview of what what sleep actually does to us as, as human beings and why is it so important to for for us to sleep but so th- there is a lot of studies mina on and a lot of evidence on the effects of sleep de- deprivation uh into diseases and and our bodies in general so what what does happen when we do not sleep enough or well enough oh yeah so this uh affects a lot of uh, systems in our body uh, so First, we can we can talk about the, for example, the metabolic cardiovascular diseases. So the sleep deprivation is associated with uh, with diabetes, obesity, uh, and increased cardiovascular diseases. And what actually happens if you are sleep deprived is that um, this will uh, this will actually induce. Um, this will um, induce uh, insulin sensitivity, uh, a decrease insulin sensitivity, mm-hmm. or or increase uh, insulin resistance. Sorry. Yeah. And and so it, it lowers um, uh, lowers your body's capability to um, metabolize glucose, so that it lowers the glucose tolerance. And um, what happens is that it means that for the same amount of glucose, you actually need to pump more insulin. Uh, for the effective uh, uh, removal of the glucose from the bloodstream. And so this is the insulin resistance or, or lowered insulin sensitivity. Yeah. And this will, if, if this is prolonged, this will obviously stress your beta cells in pancreas and, 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 and eventually uh, leads to increased uh, risk for type 2 diabetes. But also what happens is that um, it, uh, it lowers your leptin levels the following day and and increase your ghrelin level so these are the two hormones related to appetite uh, and, and and like neuroendocrine control of appetite and this will make you uh, feel more hungry and 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 also there's increase in your cortisol levels uh, uh, just a just a comment on the on the leptin and ghrelin i i remember reading a study um <clears throat> Whereby they they had they induced sleep deprivation and then compared the caloric intake um, um, of non-sleep deprived and sleep de- deprived uh, people, mm-hmm. and sleep on the sleep deprived um, subjects, the average um, increase in calorie consumption was 300 per day more uh, as as they were sleep deprived, which so, which exactly supports what you just said um, as well. Yeah, yeah, and 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 usually this is. So what also happens is that because there's an increase, uh, abnormal increase in cortisol levels, especially in the afternoon and evening hours when cortisol should be down, and cortisol is also antagonist to insulin. So what happens is that um, uh, actually in the morning, you, you are more uh, uh, 
like uh, a glucose intolerant. And then in the evening, you're feeling more hungry uh, because of all these hormonal changes. And this uh, leads to, you know, people will start snacking, especially like after dinner hours. Uh, and they snack uh, for, you know, they tend to uh, prefer all those, um, you know, how do you call this? Uh, a lot of carbohydrates. And, palatable, high palatable. Yeah, high palatable foods. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Easy, easy snacks. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously going to uh, lead to weight gain with time. And so that's that's the one of the major factors why it's uh, associated with obesity and risk of obesity. And um, and so the ghrelin is actually the hormone that increases when you're fasting. So it signals the body that your levels of that you you, you are more and more hungry, right? Mm -hmm. So the and, and leptin uh, is proportional to the, the the fat stores in your body, actually. So. Uh, so these, all these hormonal changes will, uh, I don't remember the exact calorie amounts, but you, you said maybe it's 300 or something like yeah. this per day. But, but yeah, eventually if, if, this, if this continues for you know, months and years, then obviously you're, you're eating too much uh, compared to what you, are, uh, what you should be doing. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's one of these things that, that or just to put this into context into, uh, for all the listeners, what does 300 calories actually mean of overconsumption? Even though it sounds, doesn't sound that much, it's, it's basically uh, one Snickers bar uh, per day of, of your, of your over, overconsumption. But if you do that for 30 days, so a month, you will gain on average one kilo of, of body fat. Uh, it's a simplified calculation, but, but still... Um, uh, if, if that's one kilo per month, then over a year, that's 12 kilos. Um, and over, you know, five years, that's already, you will become significantly obese unless you do some sort of intervention into this. So just to put this into context. Yeah. So the other thing is that, um, what happens is this, um, is these inflammatory changes, so uh, with sleep deprivation, uh, the inflammatory markers increase in, uh, in your system. So interleukin-6 and uh, CRP, the C-reactive protein, for example, which are the classical markers of inflammation, they, in they will increase. Uh, so sleep deprivation uh, leads to uh, uh, systemic low-grade inflammation. And, the, um, and the, some... Uh, some uh, cell types in your immune system are also affected. Uh, in, in general, it actually increases your uh, white blood cell counts. And, uh, and then, but certain types of uh, white blood cells um, can be lowered, like natural killer cells. Uh, and their function and um, activity is decreased uh, if you are sleep deprived. And this has, um, uh, this can actually have a, uh, then uh, significant effect on the, in the long run, first of all, to all kinds of um, you know, viral infections that you may be getting more easily and you are not, uh, or you are not so uh, capable of uh, uh, fighting with because of this lowered immune function. Mm. But then also like uh, cancer cells, for example, in your body. And what is also happening uh, with sleep restriction is this, uh, which also happens with aging is is the telomere length in your white blood cells can decrease so they are becoming like older <laughs> these cells uh, cells in essence um, and 
not so functional. So sleeping is, is actually going to, if you want to think about it, like um, uh, accelerate your aging if you are sleep deprived. Because a lot of these changes will eventually happen with aging, even if you are sleeping well, but, but in a much slower, slower pace. So because of all these, uh, these effects, uh, effects on the immune system, then uh, the, the uh, sleep deprivation contributes to, obviously, to increased mortality of, of a lot of different causes and the disease risk. And uh, uh, what I was um, also thinking is this, um, is this, uh, uh, this autonomic nervous system activation that happens. So this is the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis or the so-called stress axis that is activated. And um, so this is if you're measuring, for example, your heart rate variability with Helsilla's uh, stress scan <laughs> or any of your variables, you can, you can track that. And uh, you can see that sleep deprivation will decrease your heart rate variability. So what it means that um, um, either your uh, or, uh, sympathetic nervous system is uh, too much activated, overactivated, or activated for too long, and uh, your parasympathetic system, uh, which is related to you know, relaxation, uh, restoration, digestion, things like this, it's, it's, um, it doesn't, um, it's not activated enough. So, um, so this is another marker of stress. Yeah. yeah. So the stress response goes up uh, for sure in, in, in many different um, levels with the deprived sleep. And this is, this is qu quite interesting. So basically just listening to you um, makes me think that overall sleep deprivation, or if you, if you do not sleep enough, you'll, you'll age faster. You'll be more likely to get obese and diseased and you'll more, more, you will more likely die younger as well. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean it is, it's, it's, uh, it's serious, man. <laughs> it is. It is now in terms of, because it, it's got such a like wide ranging impact into everything we do. Um, then obviously we'll control a lot of our moods and happiness as well. Um, what are some of the, uh, because you, you mentioned about, about the stress markers physiologically, but obviously there, there might be some, some uh, psychological impacts of, you know, sleep deprivation as well. Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, actually, uh, a lot of, um, psychiatric diseases or mood disorders, um, if you want, uh, uh, depression, uh, anxiety, uh, they are related to, uh, first, first of all, changes in sleep, but also, I mean, associated with uh, these diseases usually affect your sleep. And it's, it's not really clear which comes first, uh, but um, it, it can, uh, I think it's easy to think that if you, if you, if you are sleep deprived, you have this low-grade inflammation and stress response continuously, then obviously it's easy to fall into depression with all this. And then uh, there are some psychiatric diseases like, uh, uh, like bipolar disease, which is uh, you can have, you can be maniac or you have mania or, or then depression and these phases can change. And uh, depending on what phase you're in, 
uh, your sleep is uh, uh, very much affected. So if you have a mania, then uh, these people usually don't sleep. They can sleep mm. like a couple hours per night uh, during this phase. But then when you're depressed, uh, you, you just uh, sleep a lot. You're very uh, tired and, and fatigued uh, all the time. So um, there's definitely, and, and plus, uh, plus all these, um, you know, these neuro uh, degenerative diseases, um, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, a lot of these diseases, they actually start developing like 15 years before the, uh, the symptoms appear or become, you know, so evident everybody understands. Uh, and these things also start with changes in sleep. So, um, um, a lot, so sleep, <laughs> sleep is very fundamental for, for all of these, um, all of these um, behavioral and, and, and mood uh, diseases, disorders. But also not, not just at actual disease level, just, just your baseline happiness can be very much affected, like feelings of happiness or sadness. It, there's a research showing that if like three hours after waking up, you were asked about your happiness levels or sadness levels, then uh, it correlates very much to the number of hours that you have slept uh, the previous night. So uh, the, the maximum score is achieved with people who have slept uh, between eight to nine hours mm. of the previous night. And this was done with like uh, tens of thousands of people, this, this uh, study. So, uh, but then after that, after the like uh, eight and a half or nine hours, it, it, it just, uh, it, the level just plateaus. So actually sleeping too much is also not good for you and, and, and can be associated with uh, uh, somehow uh, increased mortality also. But there, there may be a lot of explanations for that, like why if people who, who tend to sleep then a lot, you know, maybe they're depressed or maybe they are so chronically sick that they are just, uh, the, the yeah. body is just tired. Anyway, but yeah, so the optimal is there, like the eight hours. For the, for the happiness also <laughs> yeah exactly and i was i was watching um matt matt walkers or matthew walkers who's a sleep doctor or something like that um speech on on or what or the, the whole sleep series on on ted talks um there's this this one ted talk and then there's a series of how to sleep better or something and he was mentioning about this as well and there's this psychiatrist uh function of sleep as well which you just alluded to um which is the same thing and that made me sort of focus on my own uh, like mood swings between a stressful evening which makes me feel a bit down and uh, stressed out and then if i sleep well how does how does my mood actually change from the evening to the next morning and i can i can definitely say that there's a massive impact in that like i i might go to bed like knowingly that uh, thinking that oh oh my goodness i i do feel very very down right now or stressed or uh, chaotic or something like that which is ne some negative feelings negative rumination if you may and mm -hmm. it, then i sleep well and i'm it's like i'm completely a new person uh, everything's cleared out the sun is shining and i'm happy again so can with the end of one <laughs> i can uh, i can concur to uh, to that very well yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people don't actually, um, they may not be able to make this connection or they think it's, it's something else or, the, or they don't give the sleep the, the, the required emphasis in their, you know, that how they could improve their own well-being uh, actually uh, uh, significantly. 
if, if they just decided to try this or maybe maybe they try but then they are not able to sleep so then uh, so then then really you should think about much more systemically like how can you improve your whole lifestyle so that uh, your bedtime uh, you know you, you really start um, uh, you know investing in your sleep and 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 uh, you know make an effort to improve it and because that's a uh, actually a quick and cheap solution <laughs> to to a lot of the unhappiness uh, there is and and frustration and and you know people being angry and you know just irritated and things like this and they, it's just i mean the thing is it's not with your with yourself but then you actually project that to people around you so that, that's the that's the unfortunate thing <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. now uh, let's let's turn our 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 clocks slightly towards uh, physical recovery um, and that aspect of sleep as well. Now, um, if someone works out a lot, for example, or is an athlete um, and so forth, so sleep does induce this recovery effect to your muscles as well, quite quite dramatically, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, growth hormone production, testosterone production, and all that type of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So exactly these, you know, these hormones that you mentioned, growth hormone, all this, um, I think uh, a lot of the hormones actually have this diurnal variation and, and uh, you know, growth hormone, uh, uh, insulin-like growth factor and, and, mm. and all these. And um, uh, they are very much uh, needed in this recovery and, 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 the, and the muscle uh, muscle recovery. And... Uh, the thing is that uh, if you switch your uh, circadian clock, like uh, you start living in, in or you're a shift worker, or you travel a lot, you're constantly in a jet lag and in the wrong time zone, so to say, uh, these, these are really, uh, really um, detrimental for your uh, hormonal, uh, the diurnal changes. Uh, also, uh, thyroid hormones and and uh, uh, and the and the sex hormones as well. Yeah. Indeed. So so that um, uh, if if you can choose, <laughs> uh, think carefully uh, whether you want to work uh, uh, in shifts or 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 is it worth it to, for example, travel constantly around the globe and 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 things like this? Because um, uh, I mean, at least I know personally people who who've been in these jobs of traveling, traveling around the globe. And, and it, it, it's, it's just uh, very dangerous for your health in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can just believe that um, um, for sure. Um, now, if, <clears throat> because obviously sleep is so important, then um, a lot of people might sort of think that certain substances like, you know, sleep medications or alcohol, would help actually help them sleep better, but um, I guess this is this is not really true, even though it might feel like that. No, they, I mean, true. It's not. It's not. Um, uh, they are not <laughs> supposed to uh, actually. Um, yeah, especially long term. I mean, I understand if you have a crisis in your life and you you just you simply cannot sleep for a week, then you have to do something, but. But for long term, all of this is is big no no, uh, because yeah. So because the sleep that they induce is is not the the same quality sleep that you do without it. And alcohol is going to you know throw it all uh, <laughs> out also. So um, 
usually people uh, um, how should I, where should I start this thing <laughs> that these are the um, so-called numbing numbing agents right like sedation correct yes 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 oh, anesthesia and um, and uh, the true reasons why you cannot fall asleep uh, you should actually start tackling those rather than just trying to numb them and, and, and not listen to them. So this, this, uh, you know, this, this may be another subject for another podcast, but, oh, yeah. but yeah, but, but these are the, these are the internal things that the, the, the internal work you need to do and, and, and solve and, and you're definitely not going to solve it with alcohol or, or, or pills. Mm-hmm. Now in, in terms of um, just, Thinking about because obviously substances are not not the uh, not the solution to sleep deprivation. Or if someone, hopefully a lot a lot of our listeners, would like to start improving their sleep, including myself. Um, now, like, how where can we start this whole process? What are the some of the some of the biological physiological triggers which prevent us from having a good night's sleep uh, and how could we start improving these uh okay so so some really uh easy things you know if you drink a lot of caffeine coffee you know coke things like this don't drink them after 3 p.m if you want to sleep before midnight because the half-life of these uh of the caffeine is about five hours and uh, which basically so, means that the only about half of the caffeine has exited your body after five hours right so yeah and and then uh uh then you know uh, another five hours then you have uh there's a the, anyways like limit your caffeine intake personally for example i only drink one uh one cup of coffee per day and that i take around uh around between 11 a.m and 1 p.m Hmm. I used to drink um, sometimes, you know, around three, and I I realized like if I if I go after three four o'clock, it's it's just gonna affect my sleep. So I, I definitely uh, this is what I I I decided like not even drink after one p.m. because <laughs> I want to be yeah. ready to go to bed. <laughs> and then um, then okay, obviously if you if you have a habit of taking naps, I don't know if if, if in some cultures, people take naps, but uh, naps should be uh, definitely less than one hour and not to, uh, and depending on the age, maybe this is for elderly people more than younger people, um, you know, don't sleep for more than, uh, uh, more than, you know, 30, 30 minutes. Or something. Yeah. And, um, and then the, the whole regular bedtime routine i mean this is like with the little kids right mm. you you start reading the bedtime story and and you kind of signal your body and your brains that okay we uh, you kind of start winding down and and don't uh, look at your work emails or anything that will trigger you for this and that reason um, i mean all the screens everybody knows this already anyway the blue light is gonna impact your melatonin uh, secretion uh, and you can you can use these uh you know there's these certain glasses that you can use uh to filter out the blue light but it's not uh complete filtration anyway but um they may help but um but i think there's different um you know whether it's two hours or one hour before bedtime that you should stop looking at the screens um and then uh if you if you can do some 
some uh, usually what I do actually to to really relax myself uh, maybe half hour before I I do some really if you have a habit of you know doing yoga or stretching or something like some some you know nice stretches or or some uh, slow poses uh, just to relax and or if you what I some, sometimes use for my muscles is um, I have these um, how do you call them therapy balls that mm-hmm. you can uh, uh, you know you can either just do the uh, myofascial massage with the ball yeah. <laughs> around the body or or then just you know put the ball under your back or or things like this and and, and just um, just try to relax and and uh, uh, you know, darken the room and things like this. Uh, and then one really important thing for me and, and my family, like all the members in my family is, is we have to cool down the bedroom, especially in the tropics. It's like, it's mandatory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it will, it will affect your sleep enormously. So the, the, um, uh, ideal temperature is around 18 Celsius, but, um, I think, I think there, there, there was some studies about this as well, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's, so there are studies. And, and then uh, the thing is that there shouldn't, you know, the minimize the noise. I know in big city is, it's, it's quite difficult. You have constant noise from traffic and, and, and maybe some, I don't know, airplanes, whatever, neighbors. Um, and then the light pollution that is everywhere in Singapore and, and a lot of big cities, it's, you should all, uh, you know, Try to focus on, you know, making your bedroom cool and dark and quiet. So, so these will all help because, I mean, there's also been studies like even if you don't wake up because there's some background noise, uh, but the fact that you're hearing the noise the whole night will, will affect your, the quality of your sleep and will actually increase your blood pressure in the long run. So, so this is this is one thing that I I think I didn't mention earlier, but your blood pressure will also increase over time if you don't sleep well. So mm-hmm. this is one factor that will contribute to this um, increased cardiovascular disease risk with the with the poor sleepers uh, with time. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And is there um, in terms of um, the the sort of things that you shouldn't do too close to your uh, to your bedtime? How about eating your dinner or Oh yeah, this this is yeah, this is very good also. So um, so if if your stomach is full, you're not going to sleep well. Also the the because you're not supposed to be digesting <laughs> mm. heavy meal anymore when you go to bed. Also, the older you get, uh, for example, the the sphincter muscle uh, that is the uh, the sphincter between your uh, stomach and your esophagus. This was this will actually loosen up when you when you get older, uh, like all the muscles, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. uh, the strength. And uh, then what happens easily is if, if if your stomach is full, you will get this reflux uh, uh, back to your esophagus when you lie down. Sure. And with over time, you know, all these acids from your stomach are gonna uh, do a lot of harm for the epithelial cells in your esophagus. And uh, uh, they can uh, even lead to uh, cancer uh, of these, uh, you know, epithelial cells in the esophagus because mm. of all the acid and, and things that uh, these cells need to fight with. So, so that is uh, something that you should not uh, 
uh, you should not eat, I think, then this would depend on the people because the older you get, the more time uh, uh, you require to digest everything because everything slows down with age. So um, um, it's not like little babies that can, in the middle of the night, they can, they can have some uh, milk mm. <laughs> and they go back to bed. But yeah. um, so, you know, I would, uh, personally, I don't, I don't eat after 7 p.m. Uh, and uh, I think this kind of three hours is, is three and a half hours is, is what I need. Um, but people, um, you know, I, I, I think maybe 8 p.m. should be a, a, a good cutoff point or something. But it, it really depends on it's personal. But, but definitely give it at least a couple hours before you go to bed. And this, I mean, in general, the late evening eating is unhealthier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so but, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's one of the, one of the best things which I've done to in, improve my sleep is simply to start eating my dinner at seven, uh, which is about three hours before I go to bed. And it, it's, it's improved my, um, my sleep dramatically. Another thing, uh, like one simple thing which I've done is to drink less fluids after, after like seven, 8 PM. Because simply, you know, you don't, you don't need to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or, or whatnot, which obviously then disrupts your sleep as well. Yeah, this this is thing. Yeah, this is actually a problem uh, for me in the tropics because I, I I need to drink so much. Yeah. And um, uh, the, the the if I do not drink, then <laughs> that also has a consequence consequences. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely that's that's one thing um, uh, you can try to limit the fluid intake in the evening to avoid this. Yeah. Um, however, I should say that, especially for men with, uh, with aging, what happens is that their, their prostate will grow <laughs> no matter what you want, what you do. And, and, and this will then lead to this, uh, the need to the, the more uh, frequent urination. Yeah, sure. So uh, then, um, I mean, um, I mean, we, we can talk about all these menopausal changes that mm. also happen, but, but anyway, the, I think uh, it's something that it will, will be uh, inevitable with aging that uh, uh, you just cannot, um, also your bladder cannot expand so well anymore. <laughs> like in little, <laughs> yeah. little kids, it's, it's not so, um, uh, you know, flexible anymore in that sense that, um, uh, that you just have to go uh, and do it. But, if you're a good sleeper, uh, you can usually fall back asleep very quickly and it doesn't really disturb your sleep that much. But if you are on the side that, you know, you're stressed and, and worried about something, then definitely when you wake up, you kind of fall back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Also, it depends on what stage of the <clears throat> night you are uh, doing that. You know. Sure. Now, uh, a question, because obviously a lot of people do use uh, melatonin, for example, um, to help them fall asleep. What's your view on using supplement melatonin on, on improving your sleep? Uh, so personally, I use it when traveling. I do use it for the jet lag. And, and, and I think it, it does, uh, at least for me, it does help to fall asleep uh, when traveling when in different time zones. Um, for it, it's been relatively safe uh, 
you know, not, not very many side effects, uh, even with long-term use. Um, but then the dosing, uh, I would not probably use it for little kids. Anyway, they can, they can sleep better than the older people. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know necessarily that the higher the dose, the better it is. Um, there, um, and, uh, let, let's just put it like this. I think it's relatively safe. But if you don't need it, don't use it. Indeed, There's, I guess it, it might, um, you know, mess up your own body yeah. melatonin production as well. So, but yeah, so I, I fully agree with you that, that, you know, it might help. Um, it likely helps you to fall asleep, uh, not for everyone, but um, yeah. Uh, and the dosage, I, I read from somewhere that um, the higher the dose, it doesn't really matter because the body can only, only, only utilize like, I don't know, was it 1.5 milligrams or something? Yeah very little anyway so mm -hmm. it's not about the dose dosing but yeah i fully agree with you on the fact that you know only use it if you need it uh, you know such as traveling and, and so forth mm -hmm. uh, for sure um right um so how about if we then we, we we then fall asleep and we we sleep um and then there's a lot of discussions um about using utilization of alarm clocks um and obviously like a lot of majority of us do need alarm clocks because of work and and all other schedules of life but um what uh, one of the one of the things which i've found myself again because i'm i'm testing stuff on my on myself <laughs> that when i stopped using alarm clock because i had the opportunity to do that um that actually increased my sleep quality dramatically um because i i noticed that um, a lot of my REM sleep actually happens between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. in the morning. And that like, I, I, when, I, when I stopped using alarm clock, I actually woke up much more refreshed and happy uh, every time. So uh, do you, uh, is there any science behind this or? Um, I mean, actually the science is that you, you, you have longer uh, uh, periods of REM sleep in, in the beginning. <laughs> of the sleeping hours but they but they do exist you know towards the end too and but you just don't remember the the dreams uh in your because when you fall asleep first that's usually the deepest sleep yeah. beginning and in the beginning of this your sleeping time so usually you do not wake up during those uh, uh first hours of sleep and and thus you really don't remember those dreams but uh, then, yeah, it's, 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 it's right that, um, uh, you know, depending, you know, individually, whether you remember your dreams or not. And, and um, I also, I, I don't use, I don't use alarm clock. I, I wake up without an alarm. Actually, there's a good sign that you have, you have slept enough that, that, sure. that, that you, you, you wake up without an alarm. And, um, and, uh, but, but it's just, um, it's just very difficult for people to adopt a habit that they would go to bed so early that it, they would actually not need. Because then, I mean, I, I, I would still, if you want to make sure that you wake up in time, if, if you like, um, if you have a, you know, problems falling back to sleep, if you wake up in the middle of the night and then you're like, oh, I cannot get these things and I still have to wake up and you're kind of afraid that you are going to uh, <coughs> sleep in. 
mm. then uh, then of course, yeah, please set the alarm. But but that also is is like because the stressing out of, about different things will make <laughs> you sleep course, in the yeah. middle of the night. But um, but yeah, for for the dreaming thing, it's um, uh, yeah. It, it, it just the th- it's just the thing that you happen to remember the dreams uh depending on you know i explain these cycles right if if you are if you're one of your cycles is actually ending this this time between what was it six to eight a.m then you would the the sleep cycles usually end with the REM sleep sure so, sure so then you uh remember those indeed indeed yeah now this this has been so, such an interesting discussion. I mean, just to put it into context, right? So if if and when we have some sleep deprivation in our lives, uh, it basically <clears throat> um, hammers our health, makes us die most li- more likely to die younger, uh, get all sorts of diseases such as COVID, for example, as well, because our <laughs> Im- immune function is is depressed. Um, it causes us to lose our minds in, or can cause uh, us to lose our minds in the form of Alzheimer's and other um, memory degenerative diseases. Um, it causes us to, might cause us to have diabetes, metabolic um, diseases, uh, might cause us to you know, be, become obese and be much, much more unhappier as, as, as human beings as well. Mm-hmm. So technically just to like wrap, like to put everything into context, like sleep has to be, like really has to be the, on the top of the priority list in terms of oh, health. Oh, absolutely. It would need to be prioritized. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at a societal level. And, and, and it's, 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 a, it's a huge change that is needed. And, and, and I mean, um, for societies to realize how, how much is lost, you know, billions of dollars in, in, mm. in you know, productivity because, you know, your attention goes down. Um, uh, your learning, your processing speed, problem solving, uh, actually insights too. Um, uh, like, you know, this complex problem solving things and everything, memorization. So, so all this, you know, productivity at work is definitely affected if, if the society is only looking at that as one factor for yes, indeed, success, indeed. <laughs> success, for example. But, but just for, for the health, public health, you know, uh, all the accidents, all these kind of things. It, it's just, uh, it has a huge costs and repercussions in, in, in so many uh, levels. Uh, and, um, you know, now, because not so much is now known and, and shown and, and, and all these studies, it, it's just, um, it's a little bit like, <laughs> you know, with, with this obesity crisis and diabetes crisis, like, uh, so much could be done if we just decided, um, you know, together that, you know, this should be the priority and this needs to change. But, um, yeah, it, it's just the spreading knowledge and awareness and, and, and awareness brings the choice because if you want to uh, be in charge of your own health and uh, well-being, then, then definitely uh, uh, pay attention to your sleep. So what, why do you, um, or, or let me put it this way, are, are you seeing um, in your field of expertise and, and, and when you do study the new science which comes out and health and, and, and wellness related uh, news articles and so forth, is there a change in how societies approach sleep or, or not? Uh, maybe slowly. But it, it, it should be, uh, you know, much faster and <laughs> in much um, broader level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think with all these um, 
you know, I, I think one thing definitely these, you know, social media, cell phones, when they came, uh, has been one of the big, uh, again, the disruptor. I mean, of course, there was, you know, when TV came and all these uh, late night shows and everything. And, and like I said, it all started when the electric lights were invented because... Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, Absolutely. That's very true. Yeah. Changed it all. Yeah. But, um, but even it's just a you know, couple of decades back, you know, uh, let's say 30 years, 40 years back, there's been a significant change. Uh, the, how, how much people, people to sleep less and less. And, and, it's, and Singapore especially is very, very... Uh, uh, like the the sleep length of the sleep average sleep time is is really low maybe yeah i'm yeah. not sure if it's lowest in the world but uh <laughs> yeah it's uh, so here it's really and 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 the teenagers i uh, i really worried about them too like the, all these school school kids yeah 100 percent agreed um and as we've now like mentioned so many times um i mean who <laughs> If you are listening to this, if you haven't already, please do pay attention to your sleep patterns and start improving your sleep as a healthy habit today because it, it might be one of the best things and decisions you start doing for your health, well-being, happiness, and like everything everything in your, in your life will, will likely improve with better sleep, uh, better sleeping patterns um, uh, as well. Now, Mina, as we are wrapping this up, uh, it's been an amazing discussion uh, and all the, the the information about what sleep deprivation actually do uh, do to us um, um, in the long term and in the shorter term as well it's just eye-opening and my mind-boggling um, so we we will definitely um, uh, dive into like separate sections of this in the future future podcasts but what what would be your three top tips and advice on how to improve your sleep Oh, well, definitely this, you know, looking at the screens, <laughs> devices, uh, taking uh, your, uh, you know, work to the late evening and, and, and just before bedtime is not a good idea, uh, if, especially if there's something that triggers you. Uh, these, these regular uh, routines you should establish and... Um, uh, all these little things like, you know, making your bedroom just for sleeping, you know, uh, darkness, uh, uh, silence, and, and, and the temperature are, are, are really important. Uh, and, um, and then uh, if, if, if you have, you know, if you, if you notice that you have all these uh, you know, early morning hours, you, you wake up and all these things start racing in your mind and you're so stressed, everything, then you really have to um, um, then uh, pay attention to what is it in your life that causes you all this stress and, and anxiety and, and maybe depression and, and then start tackling those things because then it doesn't really is not going to work if you don't uh, really pay attention to those things. Uh, even if you did all these things like for your bedroom or the routines and everything, um, because um, those deeper reasons will, will still wake you up in the middle of the night and then keep you awake. So, <laughs> yeah. So your, let's put it this way. Your mental health is really important for your physical health. 
That's that's a golden tip right there, and some some awesome, uh, very very valuable tips and advice as well. Thank you so much, Mina, for joining us in this podcast, and thank you, dear listener, for joining us in this Healthzilla Weekly episode number twenty nine. Uh, together with Dr. Mina Erman, talking about the importance of sleep. Do make sure you dive into the show notes as well. We'll put all of the the top tips and the health impacts of of sleep into the show notes as well, so you can start working on on your sleep today. And obviously, the Healthzilla app will help you to to track your sleep as well uh, in terms of whether you are um, using any wearable devices which actually measure your movements and biometric data uh, and you know, start building your healthy habit of sleeping more today. Thank you so much, everyone. I'll speak to you next week. Peace. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.